Okay, so we are here today on behalf of um, Hype Bernardo's blog, where we want to discuss autism. Now, obviously, we know that autism is a lifelong de developmental disability, which affects how people communicate and interact with the world. And um, it's one in 100 people are on the autism spectrum. And there are around 700,000 autistic adults and children in the UK. Does that surprise anyone? Not really. No, not me, because I, I know quite a lot about autism. I, I've had a look at autism because I did a thing about that. And I, I one of my friends yeah, actually has autism as well. So I kind of, I don't know very much, but I know a bit, you know, he's told me about it. If anything, it seems low um, that 700,000, did you say adults and children? Yes, yeah. Yeah, that seems like shockingly low um, mm. from my point of view. Um, almost every, almost everyone I'm friends with is autistic. Um, I know that's probably dependent on the people I surround myself with, but um, yeah, that is a really. I've just looked. I just looked up the population of the UK. And it's 66 million. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that's that actual thousand compared to that. Yeah, and that actual um, statistic came from the National Autistic Society. When was that uh, statistic from? Um, it doesn't state, but that's that's actually live, if you like, on their website now. Yeah. There's also a lot of people who are undiagnosed, though, as well, because getting a diagnosis is such a long and difficult yeah. process. There's probably so many more people who are either on waiting lists or don't have the energy to put themselves on a waiting list and try and fight for a diagnosis. Mm. Yes, Jin, it's going up as well. It's going to increase as a percentage of the population because I think that the rate of young people, um, children and young people getting diagnosed has increased in the recent years. And I'm also aware, I think awareness has increased because I, I mean, I was, I was 16 when I was diagnosed um, and that was because of someone my dad knew, um, one I think his boss's son was is autistic, and he he picked up from that because I um kind of even the professionals I spoke to they all kind of picked up on it, but it was very much like oh she wasn't having any difficulties. Yes, maybe except for the crippling anxiety, but yeah, oh, might have recognised certain feelings or or symptoms, and and maybe. Did you feel like you had the support around you to be able to kind of explore that or tell me about your, your journey? I think for me it was quite uh, tricky because sometimes if I, I'd always say to explain it when I was like younger, I guess it's sort of feeling like you're different or not fitting in or just, I could never put my finger on it because nothing was, it wasn't like something you would get you would learn about in school or there was much awareness about but it was sort of this feeling this I don't know know what that of being different and I guess yeah. if it was if I ever would say this to someone it was a lot of people would say well we're all different you know we're all different we're not we're not all the same but I think it goes more than just feeling different because obviously everyone everyone even that's autistic is different in themselves but I think it's just it, I know it's something deeper than just being a bit different to someone else, but, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Thank you, Charlotte. I really appreciate that. Dan? Um, yeah, I uh, I guess um, my experience is quite similar to Lottie's in that um, I was diagnosed when I was 16 as well. Um, and I I found I'd been I'd been with CAMS having counselling for years um, and they never mentioned anything never realized anything never suggested it um and eventually i'm for other reasons i moved to private counseling and my new counselor mentioned it in my first appointment um suggesting oh have you looked into like autism like you could be autistic uh and it kind of just explained everything about me <laughs> um i always explain it like the difference between introverts and extroverts there's autistic people and not autistic people. Every, every extrovert is different and every introvert is different, just like every autistic person and every not autistic person is different. 
but you can still tell the difference between those two groups of people, which I think is what Charlotte was um, kind of talking about, where, yes, you're different, but it's more than just being different individually. Yeah. It's, a, it's a group experience. Um, yeah, I think me, um, previously I wasn't able to, because I was very closed off due to circumstances. I was very closed off, so and um so i kind of masked a lot like my whole my whole pretty much life was just masking trying to pretend to be normal and just try and but it it never felt right and um and then and unfortunately i wasn't able to get a diagnosis at the time because when i did finally see a psychologist current psychologist or someone about it they did mention oh it could be autistic I could be autistic mm. but my parents were inst instinctively like no no because they've got a um their uh, my mum's brother is like severely autistic like um, yeah. severely and because I wasn't as severe as him um they assumed I didn't have it Okay. And so, unfortunately, I'm on the waiting list now because I'm still waiting to get a diagnosis. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's kind of it's always been a thing for me, and I've always always looked into it, think, thinking it could be something else. But it's just it's always been the best explanation for some of the symptoms I have. Mm. And also talking when we mentioned earlier about coping, I literally I have a soft toy with me at the moment. I'm kind of because yes. I found coping this helped massively. I was quite lucky because um, I went to my, one of my sister's um, psychiatrist meetings, and um, he was the one who picked up on my autism, and I got diagnosed when I was three. Um, but because I didn't just have autism. Mm. I had other stuff like ADHD and like sensory processing disorder. They kept me on the system. Yeah. So I've been with the system since I was three. And yeah, it's it's just sad that people have to wait years and years just to get an answer. It you you shouldn't be put on a waiting list of something so life changing. Yeah. You should get help from the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the moment what I'm hearing is that um, there's a real mix, isn't there, of, of, yeah. of some of you quite early on feeling feeling different um, not, and not, not having the right support to, to guide you and then having a really late diagnosis, which, you know, is, I don't know, just seems such a shame because if you had that early support, and I guess this is like with all mental health, isn't it, that early prevention early support can make such a big difference to to you as individuals yeah it's like my school like at the time well it wasn't school it was like reception sort of they wasn't that supportive because they just kept on saying like how can a three-year-old have autism how can how can it be like how are we meant to support her and just because I was three it doesn't mean I deserve then less of a diagnosis than anybody else. Like, I know there's an age limit now where you can only get diagnosed past a certain age. Mm. But like you said, it's it's a lifelong illness. Like, not illness, I don't really like saying that word. But there shouldn't be an age limit. Yeah. And if, if you're showing signs, then you're showing signs. Don't wait until they're seven, eight, when they've when all they've known is that so coming into their life at like seven eight years old and then saying that you have this they're going to be like well no because this is how I've lived I, they don't know any different yeah and getting a diagnosis at 16 it's that you've already lived your life like not lived your life but lived your school life and school life is the time where you need support mm. 
and I can see lots and lots of you nodding about that lots of and pretty much all of you actually nodding and agreeing with that statement and it's like adult mental health they they will not take you on board if all you're diagnosed with is autism it's disgusting like just because you passed 18 it doesn't mean that you can do it by yourself Mm. so many different levels of autism sorry and some people with autism can't go past 18 without support they need support for the rest of their life yeah it's because they've reached 18 doesn't mean that they've gained the fucking sorry I didn't mean to swear there doesn't mean that they've gained the experience needed for life well uh, I was actually new diagnosed with autism at 19 uh, which was a very shocking experience for me because they said I had the, you know, the same thing that a lot of autistic people uh, have, and I feel very sorry for all of you who had to go through that very long and very frustrating process. Mm. Um, but I have a condition called Williams syndrome, uh, which is very similar to uh, autism. We have stress. That's like, you know, we have stress every single day. Um, but, you know, and it, it was frustrating when I was told that I nearly had autism um, because, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, people, and this is also the thing, because I've got something to autism, they still kind of judge me. You know, they say autism, autistic people are just, you know, and it, it's like the help that I needed, what I probably needed, that I, I wasn't even given help. And it was a big shock for me being nearly told I had autism at 19 because you know everyone else gets a lot of people get diagnosed at 16 like a lot of people have um mm. and you know and like someone said about education I think it's quite important that they educate people about autism um because where I went to they they you know someone's got a, like my Winston they actually educated people about it they even had a day at school about it and I, I think, you know, if they could promote Autism Day in school, where they could, like, you know, learn more about it, learn, you know, how to help some of autism, help to understand it more, help to not judge some of autism. Um, you know, so that's kind of my experience. And I, and I think my school was really great, you know, promoting my condition in a way that has been done before. But, you know, we, were, we did fundraising and other things but it's quite sad that you know people have had had to go through so much mm. to be told just to got autism and they should have like louise said you should have been given help at the start it's like yeah. i never with my wind syndrome i never really got help at the start that was a problem as well uh, and i think that's a problem with all disabilities and you know conditions it's kind of like they're waiting you know they're, they're waiting for you to be uh, old enough to try and live with it on your own I'm 20 and I still don't live on my own and I start I still can't cope with a lot of things to do with my condition mm. I can't you know when when I get upset I get really upset I can't cope with a lot of things and that's that's the problem with today's society is that a lot of people think oh you've got this now you're 20 you can live on your own get married no it's not life it's not like that and yeah. I get quite emotional about this because it's like I've been told, oh, because you're old enough, you should be able to do a lot of things on your own. No, I can't. You know, yeah. I'm still trying to find a house that I can live in. I'm trying to find, you know, you know, I keep on worrying about going back to hospital because of my new condition I was diagnosed with. So I think it's just people have to understand, you know, even if they have this disabilities for like life, they don't know everything. They're not you know they don't know everything uh, and people have to respect that we can't do everything on our own that's not how it should be it yeah. should be you know that people should help us when we need it so yeah well done Georgia I, yeah. yeah I think you've been really really brave um and commendable for actually you know being so honest because actually mm. even even for me um I think I'm I'm quite I like to think that I, I'm quite broad thinking, mm. but actually that's really made me think even more mm. that actually, you know, that that we do need to, to 
ask more questions as individuals yeah. and how we can help you and support you so yeah thank you George I really appreciate that living um, on your own as well is probably the hardest thing an autistic person can go through God, I know it. With, with gas electric water um housing officer meetings and even just meeting your housing officer for the first ever time who you've never met before it can be so daunting and scary and like with the whole autism diagnosis you say if somebody had cancer you wouldn't wait until they're seven to diagnose with it when they had it when they was four five six you know what I mean yeah it it shouldn't be any different than a physical illness if Mm. it's disgusting Mm. well done Lee Lottie I say definitely agree with those points um I was one of those who I, I was actually I had a meltdown when I was at nursery and I was though the nursery the lady who ran the nursery didn't tell my parents explicitly what it was she just said go to the GP and get them to check it out um and so my parents didn't know that they thought maybe I was autistic and if they had my parents would have done tons of research because they're those kind of people Mm. um but um once you'd um but because I was a fairly I was a fairly kind of happy as a young child it wasn't I didn't have friends I, I I still have those friends and it wasn't I masked very well up until my early teens it was just I was quite introspective and quite into and it was also masked because I was kind of a little bit kind of very very good academically from a very young age so you're allowed to be definitely odder um without people you know questioning it if you're bright and it wasn't until I, I was always struggling underneath but it wasn't till kind of the teenage years hit and suddenly my social development couldn't keep up. I mean, I've, I've still got good friends and actually now it kind of evens out and I've caught up in many of the ways I struggled compared to my peers. But at 13, it went from a world where I was almost comfortable to a world where not only was I on masses of pressure to, to succeed well at school, at a, a school I was, a secondary school I struggled at, um, but also suddenly the people no longer made anything resembling any sense and my little sister who I'd never really because I've got a sister only a couple of years younger it, it as I got as at the same time she was coping brilliantly with all of this so I it was like wondering what was wrong with you and that's mm. why it was so important it's so important I've got the diagnosis of autism because it's not there's something wrong with me it's just maybe my view of the world my outlook on the world and how I understand it is a little bit different to to most other people's yeah gosh you're so articulate with the, how you describe things it's, it, it amazes me thank you um Dan yeah um I how do I make my hand go down there we go I I'm kind of to talk about my experience I'm very surprised that I didn't get diagnosed until 16 um because I was horrendously difficult as a young child I was had really bad anger issues. I would um, go nonverbal. I would have meltdowns constantly. Um, I was clearly struggling a lot and I didn't have the words to describe it. And um, I actually had to be removed from my first school because it, it was I was so unhappy there because of the way the teachers treated me and the, the past I had with all the children there because I was so aggressive. Um, and no behavioural or social condition was ever considered. I, I, my parents and everyone just thought I was, you know, difficult. Um, and I, I find that very, very interesting that um, mm. there was no even possibility that I could be autistic. No way. Um, and like Lottie, I've always uh, excelled academically. Um, And I think that has meant I didn't get any support because the way you're coping is measured by your grades generally up until um, you're quite a lot older. Um, And obviously back in year one or year two, you're not getting proper grades. But I was working in a class of year sixes because school didn't know how to deal with me because I was progressing academically so much faster than I was progressing socially. So um, 
you know, they put this little year two kid in a, in a year six class and they expected me to be okay. Um, so when I did get diagnosed, although it was traumatic for me to be able to now realize that all that time I could have had a word to explain it and I could have had the support I needed if I had been diagnosed, it was still like a weight off my shoulders knowing actually there is a word to describe why I'm like this and why I struggle with so many different things. Um, and that does interconnect with my physical disabilities as well, because I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in uh, year six. Um, and it does make being autistic does make me struggle more with diabetes than I think other people maybe. Um, because by my nature I think about things excessively um so I I very much latch onto that idea of having a chronic illness that won't go away um which isn't how I view autism but obviously that is what mm. diabetes is um and I kind of find that very difficult to move on with and only now am I getting counselling specifically for trauma related to a late diagnosis and having diabetes and even even then I'm having to go private for that um, because the waiting list for the NHS counselling of that sort is absurdly long. Um, and I just feel it feels disgusting that I'm allowed to get help because I can afford it. And people who can't afford it have to wait months to years to get the, the help that they might need equally or even more than me, um, which is a whole nother issue. Um, but I think one thing that also I know this is kind of unrelated but it keeps going around in my mind so I need to say it Absolutely. Um, Carry on. just one thing from uh, the way you talked about autism at the start Natasha um, was actually I do feel like it defines who I am because it is that that it autism isn't separate to who I am it's it's every single part of me um, to go back to my uh, comparison of extroversion and introversion you, you you can't take the social nature out of a person and expect them to be a similar type of person if you made me not autistic I would be a completely and fundamentally different person um, whereas if you took away my diabetes I'd just be the same person but less traumatized and not diabetic um, so I think that is a really, really common misconception about autism that at least from my point of view, I feel like it does define who I am because there is no way to separate it from who I am. Mm. And and I really appreciate that, Dan, because th this is the that absolutely kind of um, encapsulates why we wanted to have this conversation, because quite often we live in a world and we're we're a little bit unsure if we're saying the right thing or mm -hmm. we are we not and and actually it's about being in a safe place to be able to have these conversations so now I've learned that that actually yeah you're right you've challenged me on that and actually you're absolutely right in what you're saying and and as much this is such a learning curve for me as well and I just I would like to think that by what we're doing today is is other people can listen to this and and reflect on maybe how they address people and kind of just to raise the awareness um mm. so I really I really do appreciate that Dan thank you hard to kind of like because I can come across as very kind of lively very engaged very not necessarily able to fit in but able to kind of pass close enough that no one raises their eyebrows or 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 kind of really notice it as anything beyond kind of anxious um, because Anna in a way even kind of being kind of fairly academic and being female even being anxious is somewhat kind of a given now so that's it but it is I will not I've just because I was kind of in the end of my tea kind of I'd finished most of my schooling years before I knew, knew I was autistic I kind of I don't know how not to mask I was so sometimes I was so used to socializing you know as someone that it's really hard to kind of let that guard and 
even among family and even among friends I've known since I was four, like my best friend I've known since I was four. And it's like, even then I will sometimes still, you know, try and mask, even though she knows I'm doing it. And she, I don't need to because I, 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 I very much trust her, but it's like, I'm, it's in this really odd place where I definitely don't fit into kind of neurotypical society, but I do worry sometimes that I don't, necessarily I've never really interacted with autistic people that much either because I was deprived that chance as a child to learn that so I do sometimes worry can I even manage to fit in among autistic people um even though I know obviously that's not shouldn't really be a problem because isn't that you know the case for many people many autistic people and especially many autistic women I was quite young for for an autistic woman to get diagnosed Mm, that's really insightful. Thank you, Lottie. Um, Charlotte? Um, I completely agree with what uh, Lottie have said. Um, but yeah, so I was diagnosed when I was 17. And I think a lot of what like Freya was saying about, about sort of being quieter and sort of, it was completely this, exactly the same for me. So a lot of times in social situations, it was sort of like, oh, well, you're just quiet, you're, it, it's sort of almost like you can only ever be introverted or extroverted and, you know, almost like if you're quiet, well, that's just it, you're just a quiet person, you just struggle to socialise as if, you know, it was just that, but I think it's a lot more than that, it's not just about being quiet and, like, a lot of times, um, like, if we were the group with, like, other children my age, they'd be, I don't know, maybe playing a game of something and then, my parents would be like oh why are you sat with us trying to like so i'd be chatting with like their friends and they were like why don't you just go and join in like the other fr other friends and i was like no i'm too scared like i just don't want to and they always thought it was just really interesting and i think in terms of getting my diagnosis it was so it was through a so i was having counseling at the time and through that her she suggested i might have um autism because her son who isn't who wasn't diagnosed at that point was also showing similar like symptoms I guess if you could call it that but yeah and I think it's just I don't know it's when I like even with my family it's I don't I it's weird I wouldn't say I mask like at home even when I'm comfortable but I think it's because it's it's gone on for so long that it's just it almost I don't know not that I I do feel comfortable at home but it's just I don't even know what, how to explain it it's I don't know it's oh I can't think of the words um do, do, you, know, feel, do, you, feel, do you think it's Charlotte because you feel like you kind of need to to mask quite a lot to to general society that do you think it's almost becomes the normal to to have to do it uh, yeah, I think it has, I guess, it does sort of become their normal, I guess, of how they see me. So it's sort of like, oh, that's sort of how you are. And like, I remember once I, it's just, it's kind of related. I was telling them because after this uh, counsellor I had, I was looking up online and saying to them, I was like, I can't believe, I, I didn't even, I don't think I'd ever up to that point really known about it, autism at all anyway. Um, it, you know, it's not show, it's not even shown on TV or, you know, that's a completely different topic, but it's not represented. So when I was looking at all these things, I was like, how is it that I literally identify with probably about 99 percent of all of these different things online? And yet, you know, yeah, all I knew before was, oh, I just feel a bit different. And like when I would say it to them, say it to them about it. And then afterwards, uh, they would they, they'd say they were like, oh, why are you, um, so then I'd feel like more comfortable and I wouldn't be masking at home or in other situations. And they were like, well, why are you like, ex something about me exaggerating or like, they, they assumed because I had then looked up the symptoms online, I was almost trying to make myself fit being a, I don't know how, to, how really to say it, but almost I'd got it into my head. Oh, you're autistic. Okay, so now you're going to prove it to us or something on those kind of lines of sort of going with something and sort of running with it as if now trying to like, again, prove myself that I've got it. But I wasn't. I was just in that moment, told them about it and thought, okay, I'll just, you know, try and be myself. But it, I don't know. 
there's so much I could say but yeah <laughs> brilliant well done Charlotte no, I appreciate that um George you've had your hand up yeah um I want to kind of say you know even with my condition I've had to kind of mask up my feelings about things and that's you know I've had a very bad experience where I worked with someone and they would pick on me all the time because of my you know how I looked uh and they they pushed me too hard and you know when I ever said no they would kind of bully me all the time and try and get me to do something I didn't want to do um but but like a lot of people uh, like I've been saying you know it's not fair you know, that people with autism have to go through a lot of things that even I haven't had to go through. Yeah, you know, and it, it's just a pain in the butt that I, I, although I don't have autism, I get very upset about it because I'm like, you know, we should live in a society where we're not, well, we are united. We should be in a united society where everyone's allowed to say what they feel. They shouldn't, you know, when I've been taught, when I've told people I've run into and they kind of judge me. I said, okay, you have to work harder now because you told me you have Worms syndrome, you know, and, and that, that's always been the problem. Yes, I don't have autism, but I, you know, and it's the problem with today's society, really, and I, I get really emotional about this because I've been, you know, when I've, I've been arguing with people about it, you, you know, people say disabled people don't have right, and this is the thing with autism. I get along with people with autism. One of my best friends is, has autism. And it's amazing. You know, he's very intelligent and he, he does a lot of things. And he and, and that's the thing. It's that kind of promotion of it. Because although, like I've been saying, my school did a bit about autism and stuff, it's not been promoted like other conditions, in mm. my opinion. Like, I, I've not been, you know, I... I I wish that people would understand autism a bit more, and I know that's what we're trying to do. Um, but I get very angry with people who say, you know, you know, I've been judged because of my condition. I've been judged because I'm not as fast as people, uh, you know. And, and that's the thing with masking is that I've had to. Well, yes, almost all my life. Like even in secondary school when I was being bullied all the time, I would have to mask that just to make other people happy all the time, you know, saying, oh, no, I'm fine. But really behind, I wasn't. And I regret, I still regret doing that. I still regret not saying, you know, I actually need help with something. And I do wish that people would understand that, you know, we don't, people with disabilities don't have a perfect life. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not, we, you know, we always have days where we're upset. We always have days where we're frustrated. Um, but it's also that kind of, I wish people would help other people more, yeah. uh, you know, with, with disabilities. And I've always been an advocate for that. I've always, like, that's why I joined Hype. That's why I wanted to be a part of it, because I've had experiences where, you know, I've actually said I've had enough of this now. I've had enough of people not being able to say what they feel. Well, you know, and, and that's, that's that's why I've joined Hype and that's why I've joined Youth for Sense as well because it, it's kind of like, you know, this group is trying to... Yeah, that's my opinion on it and I just think people need to understand, yes, with it, and, and this is one thing. Not every single person with autism is the same. It's like with me, I've got Winston syndrome. One of my friends is Winston syndrome. We're not the same. We don't have the same conditions. We don't have the same allergies. I think it's just also that thing where yeah. it's kind of like, you know, you, you get judged and then you've been told, you know, I've been told, oh, yeah, you've got Winston syndrome. Then everyone must have the same thing as you. No, they don't. No one does. But, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Brilliant. Thank you, George. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's really hard to sit here and, and to listen to the struggles that you've all had to go through, especially when you mentioned about bullying and, and having to, to kind of, it's really sad for me to uh, to know that you've had to go through that and, and had to mask that. And yeah. I know that, you know, I would love to, to fix everybody's yeah. problems and take all that feeling away. And I know I can't do that. But the one thing that I do hope is that this is a safe, um a safe place for you and actually 
I commend you all for actually talking and informing people about your um, your experiences because there's going to be thousands of people that that might be able that would be sat there now when they listen to this podcast nodding to some of the things that you're all saying and actually that in itself kind of builds almost like a community in itself doesn't it and um just raises awareness so yeah thank you George. Break the fourth wall here and you'd say yeah we're talking about you guys <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely you got it <laughs> um yeah i guess what i wanted to say kind of builds on things that everyone um has said uh especially um on the idea of masking um i've my experience with it is um it's not something I actively did. Um, it was very much unconscious um, or subconscious. I don't know the right word. <laughs> but the problem is it makes me palatable uh, to an extent. I was not very good at it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it made me, it made me uh, fit in to the extent that, my, that I didn't get a diagnosis. Um, and it was exhausting because... Yeah it meant that I wasn't able to regulate my emotions in an effective way for me. Uh, I wasn't able to uh, regulate the sensory input of the world, which was often overwhelming. I was having constant panic attacks. Um, and it was also a root, a root cause of a lot of my aggression um, was like having to communicate in a way that I couldn't, couldn't do. Um, so when I got diagnosed, I uh, kind of did a deep dive into autism advocacy and uh, the autistic community, um, especially the hashtag on Instagram, actually autistic, uh, is a great one to follow to get um, a, like actually autistic perspectives on uh, hot topics <laughs> in the community. Um, but I actively had to stop masking. Um, it wasn't something that I realised I was able to stop doing. I, I had to really think about how I was behaving um and actively try to work with what I actually wanted to how I actually wanted to respond to the world um and a great example of that is with stimming um I didn't I always saw it as something that like like you know oh no like you have to be um like really 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 autistic to 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 have to do that uh, I didn't understand it, but in reality, stimming is something that all autistic people benefit from because it helps us regulate our emotions and the sensory input of the world um, and or lack thereof. Um, and although my parents and people around me didn't understand at first because it's not something that you actually see that often, um, now that I do it more because I'm actively not masking that behaviour, um, it is a lot more normal and my parents can now read my emotions by my body language much better than they could before, which can help me. Um, they know if I'm struggling or if I'm excited or happy or whatever um, through my body language rather than me having to communicate in a way that doesn't come naturally for me. Um, and it's just a lot less exhausting. It's it's essential for autistic people to be able to give them the opportunity be, be given the opportunity to not mask um, because it takes such a toll on your everyday existence to have to constantly second guess how you're functioning and how you're behaving in the world. Mm. Wow, okay. I just, I mean, the feedback is just kind of blowing me away, honestly, and it's kind of really insightful as kind of a professional. Um, I used to previously um, work in a primary school and kind of be part of a support package to support parents to um, along kind of the process of um, getting their children diagnosed or not diagnosed, kind of just to kind of investigate kind of what was going on. And kind of for me as a professional, I was always kind of, what will a diagnosis bring it's not going to change that person um and kind of from your feedback and stuff i totally get it now kind of why why the diagnosis is important because kind of like you said dan it's kind of it's part of you and it's kind of brings that understanding 
and kind of Lottie, when you were feeding back about kind of you never understood it, but kind of and then when you got when you were diagnosed, it kind of made sense. And I just um, for me, just want to thank you for kind of opening that kind of window for me that I kind of never understood. I kind of always just thought the behaviour that we're presented with is that person and kind of, you know, in that, you know, what will that diagnose change? But actually, I understand now that it opens up so many other doors for you and kind of gives you as a person that understanding. So I just wanted to um, thank you, really, because kind of it's been really insightful and I've really valued it. So thank you. Kerry, that's an amazing summary. <laughs> You've done my job that's tremendous thank you <laughs> thank you so yeah no there is i say that there is that kind of thing about um like acting whether how you should act and stuff i think is often hard to gauge and i think i i just want to say dan thank you for giving me the courage to kind of maybe stop feeling all the time to need to mask because i still feel i need to do it uh a, a, a diagnosis and just hearing you say it feels so much freer and easier to regulate I've, I've kind of I've never heard that and so that's so valuable for me and I know I do have kind of perfectionist such people pleasing tendencies so obviously it's it's a long long road of kind of trying to stop that feeling you need to kind of you not to make everyone unhappy and also trying to get past that initial I'm okay speaking out but it, I was never okay speaking out for myself but I worked I've kind of before I went to, to university I worked part-time as a swimming teacher and I've also I do that in my holidays now and I, I, I've some, some of the there was a couple of girls I remember teaching like four-year-old girls and they're girls that you know to me maybe they weren't autistic but they certainly had traits that might be autistic and my hope is maybe speaking out maybe more it won't necessarily change how I'm treated but maybe kids their age or you know kids you know another 10-15 years down the line they may have a much better chance they may have an easier path along their way and it's also kind of but there is something about that diagnosis I am comfortable saying no I don't feel comfortable doing this because I'm autistic or you know in the other way around I'm comfortable insisting on wearing headphones you know in the supermarket or um, because I, I find supermarkets a challenge even yeah. small ones um, I feel that. yeah <laughs> um, and it's like or, or just not feeling like pr pressure to you know um like I say whether it's wearing high heels is another one but I have ankle I have a damaged ankle as well so even when I'm awkward of going I'm autistic and my coordination is terrible I can legitimately say I will just sprain my ankle because that has happened before um or or the other one is like I I, I kind of I've been trying to learn to cycle since I was like, you know, a kid. And I've kind of that it's like maybe this is a battle that your coordination means maybe you won't climb. And that's okay if you can't manage it. Or when I can't, you know, when everyone's staring at me, manage to unlock the door or something. And it's just, you know, it's it's knowing that it's not just because you know you can't there is a reason why I can't necessarily do these things or it's much more of a challenge. And it really helps to know that. Um, so I was just going to add just yeah just uh, add to a few things that like some people have already said so like about masking I think for me it was um, so I don't really I never really had an awareness of doing it as such but I just always thought or oh, I'm just trying to fit in or it's sort of just or the sort of I guess assumption of oh I'm just trying to fit in like everyone else is trying to fit in yeah it's you know it goes a lot deeper than that but I think um, also, it was interesting that after obviously having mass like all day, like in when I was younger at school and I'd sort of come home and obviously a lot of my um, how I was all friends in school and that, that I have with my parents as it being different and it not being OK because, oh, well, you, you know, you would uh, you wouldn't say that to a teacher or you, you know, you do this in school, but you do this at home. And it, as if that was sort of almost just it. And it was they had to. You know, and I think it was obviously because it took such a toll that I then it all sort of I get I guess got let out if if you like at home and it, it it was seen as if I was 
you know, not behaving in a way I should be at home. Yet it was only it was purely because I'd been masking everything that it then, you know, it, it, it would obviously affect me mentally and then through the relationship like at home. But I'd also say um, I think it was something that Freya mentioned about other people being right and you being wrong. I think, again, for me, it was quite challenging because it's all it's almost assumed I guess not assumed but in a parent and child relationship it's well you're the child and I'm the parent and the parent knows the child best they know what's right for them because they and almost like the parents know the child better than the child knows themselves but I think for me at least when it comes to autism I don't see it at all like that I I believe that I know myself more than other people because of having, I guess, ASD. And, you know, my my parents don't have ASD, but they obviously do understand a lot more now. But I think there is a sort of assumption, especially as a, a child or young person, that the parents know best and they just know what's right for you and what you should do and what, you know. Whereas I think for autism, that does completely like change things, that dynamic. Yeah. And I think you're right, Charlotte, that that in itself is a really powerful statement that actually you know it's the it's the young person that that has the experience that that Mm. knows what's going on in their world and it's about supporting them in being able to maybe communicate that to to parents or carers um and I think I I I look at it from from a parent's point of view Mm um it's it's really hard to to kind of you you can see something but Mm. you're you're not entirely sure what what you're seeing Mm. and and you question yourself as a parent or a carer and you think am I doing am I doing something wrong am I not communicating in the best way and actually it's about what support is out there for for parents as well Mm. and actually it's a good thing to parents to to learn how best to communicate with with um with their child to be able to support them in the best way isn't it and Mm -hmm. actually I just think exactly what you said there was so powerful you know that it's it's not really the parent that we should be listening to it's it's the young person and actually it's about as a professional how do we get that information across to parents and carers to understand exactly yeah Mm -hmm. thank you Charlotte um uh Emily, I think you've had your hand up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's kind of multiple things that other people have um, talked about. Um, one thing that Lottie said was kind of the big word for me was people pleasing. Because yeah. I'm definitely guilty of that. I, <laughs> I tend to kind of put other people before me a lot. And so in school, I was kind of I was always even to the detriment of myself um kind of doing things for people and kind of trying to trying to make people happy and it just ended up making me look a bit bit stupid sometimes <laughs> um and I kind of realized it's just kind of that was my way of trying to fit in it was just like if people were even if they were laughing at me it was still a way it was still some form of attention that made me feel normal and and unfortunately doing all those all the stupid things got me labeled as a troublemaker in school and got me kind of because I was kind of because I'd do those stupid things thinking oh I'm I'm being a normal person I'm fitting in I'm doing all this it kind of it just made me yeah I'd always get in trouble for like doing very stupid things and as much as I do regret those things and kind of at the time I didn't realize what it was I just thought I was very confused whenever I got in trouble as well because it kind of I was like I'm doing what I think is normal what is what's the problem and unfortunately yeah there's always a problem and I also had one of the big problems as a as Lottie and I think Dan said as well was about I was kind of I was academically I was further ahead than most and because I was 
um, seen as someone that um, that's kind of intelligent, I I can they isn't really if there was anything wrong with me, it's fine. They're doing okay in that area, it's fine. You don't need to worry about it. But it kind of unfortunately because I was forced to be hyper focused on that. I I was neglecting everything else, and I just yeah, it was a problem. I don't. One more thing I wanted to pick up on was the people who see the minority, because we're the minority. I think that we have to change to them, because we're the minority. We everyone should fit into into the main box. And I think that's just that's just the case with everything. Like, like, as the um, being being a woman side, there's the um, the being part of LGBTQ plus. There's there's obviously there's being autistic. There's yeah, there's just various. There's there's like being a person of color. There's literally every sing, everything that isn't majority, is always seemed like it's wrong mm. and unfortunately that's the case at the moment with a lot of things and that's just how society is at the moment it, it's terrible and it needs to change but unfortunately that would take a lot of people to get that to change and it's gonna take a while to get that to change but doesn't mean we shouldn't stop trying absolutely ems absolutely anyway, yeah anyway that's my whatever that was over <laughs> it was fab emily thank you so um i'm conscious of time um i wish i generally wish that i had a magic wand and could kind of make the world a better place for everyone but we're realistic we don't have that so i'm wondering as individuals about if there was one thing one thing that you could either inform people about or kind of change something within the world um what would it be what would you say what would you do what was your wish does that make sense to everyone so um has anybody had time to kind of think about that george he's keen um for me it's kind of like don't discriminate just against disabled people you know and kind of like you know give them time because you know even if they've been diagnosed like early still i i still have problems even you know i'm 20 years old yeah y- you know and 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 personally for me it's just being kind to everyone else you know you might not be going through the same thing that a lot of people are going through people could go through worse things and you know a lot of people go through yeah so i really wish for unity together and like try and change the world where it's like more disabled friendly more you know acceptable for disabled people in the world brilliant thank you george um charlotte um i would say for me it's about educating like people and i think it's also to help other people understand it and i think it's really important to actually speak to someone who has um autism i don't you know you can you can do you can google you can you can do all of this you you can do all these talks or you can do however you you can do it in whatever way you want but i think the most important thing is to actually speak to people because otherwise it just ends up being assumptions or um uh you know even and even some information that's out there isn't necessarily completely correct or maybe it's out of date or maybe it's uh, biased or you know different things like that so yeah just basically just talk yeah just just talk brilliant and I, and I hope like you found that um this hour really just um a place where you've just been able to kind of tell people exactly how how it is in your world and and um I know for me um I, my mind is all over the place at the moment because I'm just trying to absorb everything that you're that you've said and it's it, it generally for me it's fascinating because um it confirms some of my thought process but also it opens up 
my thinking process at the same time so yeah really valuable uh Lottie so what I was gonna say is I think the big thing is um you I think people in general need to understand that what what you've heard here is we all have very different experiences those of us who are autistic of being autistic and it is really useful to learn from as many different views as possible and that if someone tells you they're autistic that means they're autistic and the best thing is ask them what you can do to help them if you want to know that don't assume what they're capable of but also don't assume what they're not capable of because in probably in both cases it will surprise you absolutely Lottie I don't think could have put that any better that's perfect um Emily um I think for me the biggest thing is just to say that minority is just because something's the minority doesn't mean it's wrong that's just just that quote it just yeah yeah, yeah. that's kind of that's my feedback that's really good thank you Ems um Dan um well firstly I definitely agree with everything everyone else has already said and I keep finding myself someone else says something I was going to say and I'm like right I'll think of something else <laughs> um <laughs> but I think it one thing I'd really love to see is appreciation accommodation and celebration of autism um not just awareness and acceptance uh because that's not enough people need to appreciate that the 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 positive things that autism brings mm. and celebrate that and also accommodate it in the negative parts of autism that don't fit into the, a neurotypical world you know what whatever that be sensory stuff communication stuff anything um you can't just be aware of it it's really important to accommodate it as well yeah yeah I sit here today I I've known you for the last hour and I cannot tell you how incredibly proud I am of each and every one of you as an individual just about your experience where you are now what you're achieving how you you know you want to support other people that's I am envious of that I think it's amazing so yeah thank you I think the main thing for me is accept people and meet them where they're at regardless of whether they've disclosed a diagnosis to you because whether they have a diagnosis of autism or ADHD or whatever like people's needs are their needs and people don't always feel comfortable disclosing a diagnosis they don't know how you're going to react but if you just meet them where they're at and if they say I'm finding this tricky say okay how can we make it easier like you don't you shouldn't have to know someone's personal like personal things about someone's life in order to be okay with them mm. so yeah accept people where they're at regardless of whether or not you know everything about their life not to quickly add on to that it's actually it is a it's medical information essentially and you'd never you wouldn't tell someone of a um of a disease you have or something you wouldn't disclose any other medical information so why should you have to disclose this it's like yeah anyway. well sadly that's the end of our very first podcast and what an insightful thought-provoking podcast it has been the blog team at hype will be back soon thanks for listening <laughs>